So welcome along to the recap at the end of week 44. It's a little bit late, I know, normally I have them out before the next week, but given the text and what we've been looking through, I wanted, uh, and given some time that I have had a little of, um, I wanted to have a good go at this and do some kind of proper looking into it, because this recap we are going to look at the Gospels. Uh, I know we're coming to the end of them, uh, and next recap, and so at the end of week 46, we're going to look at, at the kind of the ultimate story of the Gospels in the Resurrection, and you'll be coming to that shortly. Um, during week forty-six, we start into Acts, and so the Gospels come to an end. But I wanted just to at least have an opportunity to go through them and explain something about them, uh, and try and draw a, a few maybe thoughts that you have had. Certainly, a few thoughts that I had while I was reading them, and while I was recording them. Uh, and maybe draw some of those out for you or explain because one of the the main problems or one of the main questions we have around the gospels is this idea of well why are there four of them why why can't we just have one why can't we have one that goes and probably would choose look because there's a nice look and acts and they're both written by the same person a nice flow but what we find is that the Gospels have something different to say to each of us. Uh, we talked in one of the other recaps about their four different uh, angles at the same event, four different angles of the one life. If four of us went out and saw something, we would see it in a very different way. And so they're written in that form. But they're not just they're, they're not just four different angles. They're written for four different reasons. Um, one of the books I'm using for this recap is Four Gospels, One Jesus, a symbolic reading by Richard A. Burridge. Um, and he very early on splits the four into Mark, he calls as the roar of the lion. And so it's all around the symbolism of Jesus as the lion uh, and the lion. Uh, Matthew, he calls the teacher of Israel. And I'll explain why they're in this order in a minute. Uh, and so it's very much Matthew's Jesus as this teacher of Israel. Luke's Jesus is the bearer of burdens. And John's Jesus is a high-flying eagle. Uh, and so there are those four. Another book which uh, uses the Gospels and Jesus, which is Graham Stanton. Um, and then I'm going to go on to two by N.T. Wright. Um, and actually I'll go to one of those first. It is The New Testament and the People of God by N.T. Wright. It's, it's worth a read. It's gigantic, so it'll take you a while to read it. It's 530 plus pages of small type. Uh, and so it'll take you more than an hour and a half to read that one um, but it's, it's hugely um, detailed and very good if you want to if you're interested in your theology if you want to get a, a deep background of all these things then definitely head to this but he says of the whole new testament it's a jewish book telling jewish style stories yet telling them for the world he says the new testament can only properly be understood if we recognize that it is a collection of writings from precisely this community, the Jews, this subversive community of a new would-be people of God, sorry, who come out of the Jews. And so it's only properly understood when we recognise that it's a collection of writings from this people of God group and all that they're hoping to do. And he goes on to say after a few more pages, if we read the New Testament as it stands, it claims on every page to be speaking of things which are true in the public domain. It is not simply like so many books a guide for private spiritual advancement. To read it like that is like reading Shakespeare simply to pass an examination. The New Testament claims to be the subversive story of the creator and the world and demands to be read as such. And that probably flows right back into this 
whole idea of the Bible in a year. We're seeing this story unfold of the creator and the world. And then ultimately that is shown forth in the New Testament. That's interesting. Why Matthew starts with the genealogy. Matthew's tying it back. Matthew as the the Jewish, as the, the teacher. What was, what was Matthew's Jesus? The teacher of Israel. That's very definitely going on this theme event. He writes this... Uh, idea that it falls on all that's gone before and the creator of the world uh, and the New Testament being the subversive story of that. One of the others uh, of N.T. writes, again, a gigantic book. It's over 600 pages long. Oh, sorry, 800 pages long. Um, it's the resurrection, the Son of God, and, and looks at the idea of all the diff- different resurrections and the context of resurrection and uh, life beyond death and ancient books and paganism and all the rest it tells us uh, about different sources um, we'll touch on that in a minute but it's very interesting it actually talks about uh, the gospel of peter as well which we don't have in our bible but there have been strands of this papyri which were identified as coming from another book uh, and some small details talking about the resurrection of jesus of course, there are other, are other books. There's the Catholic Bible, which holds other passages um, and other Gospels, other books. Um, the Bible, the way we have it as a Protestant denomination, was taken from Constant, Constantine. I was to say Constantinople. It was in Constantinople. It was Constantine um, in the 400s. But back to the Gospels. We have these four Gospels. We have four portraits um, in Burridge's book, Four Gospels, One Jesus. Um, he talks, yes, these four, they're equally true of, in this day and age, we can see these images all, all very well, from our newspapers to the advertising hoardings, from the company presentation at work to the commercial TV brick at home. The image makers are big business, selling everything from dog food to politicians, and this is equally true of both people and products. Uh, and so talks about the idea that we have these images, these four different images of Jesus Matthew, Mark, Luke and John's Jesus were very different images and he says what we do not do is to superimpose the images one on the other or seek to harmonise them into one single photograph because if we do that we reduce them to some simple lowest common denominator or you just end up as he says when he did this in the old days you get four different acetates which were on your overhead projector and put them all on top of each other and that doesn't make a, a clear understanding of Jesus but that makes it a very muddied understanding of Jesus and very a very muddied picture and so there's no sense that we're going to be able to get some lowest common denominator out of the four gospels. There's no point in trying to look and say well these two agree here uh, this one's on its own here uh, and if you want a book that does that the synopsis of the four gospels is very good it lays them out in the same way that we've been doing um, but it lays it out on, on, a, on a kind of page by page basis so as soon as one story comes up you'll have all those stories side by side and then I'll go on and show you where all the different gospels sit and, uh, and what series they're in uh, and how they stack up against each other but Burridge says we don't want to really do that we don't want to have them one on top of each other and ignore some because we like this image better or we'll take that little bit because that's just nicer and fits in more no what we want to do is actually use all these images and look at them as single entities and what they symbolically stand for uh, we mentioned the gospel of Peter there um, there have been others 
There, of course, this was a time when they had the printing press that came much later, surprisingly. Uh, and so what we find is that of everything at this time, of the whole Bible that we now have, including the four Gospels, they were told as stories. There was this oral tradition, which uh, we know as well. We have these oral traditions or stories that were told or, or rhymes or parables that we're told in society or by our parents or by others. And so these oral traditions and stories are passed down. But that's all how it started. There were these oral traditions about Jesus. And then when with the, the advent of the papyrus and the fact that someone could write it down, they wanted to store them. They wanted to remember them or help people to remember them. And so they started to write them down. And there's actually um, a sense where some of these Gospels do overlap and some of the images are the same. Um, and that's because the theologians uh, and the New Testament scholars believe that there are some overlaps. They think, uh, and this is thought, they think that John was written entirely on its own. It didn't use anything from the others. They believe that elements of Matthew, Mark and Luke are individual to each, and we'll have seen that. There are individual stories in each. They believe that Mark and Matthew overlap in some instances they believe that mark and luke overlap in some instances but the one thing we note is that luke and matthew don't overlap together with mark but what they do is actually they overlap with another document which is referred to as the q the height this hypothetical q uh, document which has never been found we don't know where it is or what it is we just believe it's this or the the scholars believe it's it's another gospel another source another somebody somewhere at some point that's written down these oral traditions about jesus and so there's these overlaps and i'll take that as a photograph and put it up for today just to show you a little bit about that but th this isn't anything to be scared of or this isn't something to put us off and that's all i'm going to say i'm already over my 10 minutes but these four images tell us more about jesus they're not to be something that we go well that contradicts that little bit and that word doesn't say the same thing as that. If we think of it in that way, we're trying to overlap the four pictures to make one perfect image of Jesus, whereas that's not what the writers were about. They were writing to different people for specific reasons to try and get across in, in a symbolic way, uh, a principle behind, a theme behind, some reason they were writing. Um, just the same way that when you text, you write, you text, two very different people in two very different ways, um, maybe for two different reasons. Um, and so that's what they're doing. We don't have to necessarily try and force them to fit together perfectly, but we use each one to help us expand our understanding of Jesus, to help us see a bigger picture of who Jesus is, to try and help that image of Jesus not become clear in a sense of a lowest common denominator, but become more expansive and bigger and larger than we could have imagined before. If you have specific questions about anything you have seen, if that helps you, I hope it does, and I hope it maybe settles your mind in that, but if you have other questions, let me know. Um, if you want to find out more, let me know. Um, but thanks again for listening, uh, and I hope you find this recap helpful. And enjoy week 45. Yes, 45. Enjoy.